Hi there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Zivna Kajimam, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by our sponsor, Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener, whose services we're going to discuss at length on this episode, actually. Check out his new website, japanimmigrationexperts.com, all one word, and feel free to ask him any questions you may have, whether it's regarding a business visa, an investment plan, or business plan that you have that's somehow related to Japan. He's already helped plenty of our clients and potential clients, acquaintances, including the gentleman we're speaking to in this episode. Now, he's an airline pilot, originally from China, and he's been working for Japanese companies and living in Japan for quite a few years. Now, since COVID hit, obviously many pilots are facing a situation where their contracts may not be renewed due to uh, downsizing and so forth. And since he was already considering to invest in real estate in Japan, he was wondering what his options were as far as incorporating, applying for a business manager visa, and using the corporate structure to invest in property here so that he wouldn't have to depend on his work visa. And we had a nice long chat about all things related to business visas and requirements related to those, corporate structures, taxation, accounting, uh, setup, upkeep costs, and of course, property investment as well. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. It's quite informative, I think. And I shall see you again with some updates on the other side. Okay, so you've been living here for about three years and you've got a work visa that may or may not be renewed towards the end of the year. Is that right? Yes. So um, actually, my visa will be uh, will be valid until 2023 because at first they give me a five years working visa, but my contract is only three years. So uh, uh, my contract, uh, if they don't renew, uh, it will be by the end of this October. But then does that automatically cancel your visa? I think you can still go on with that and look for a new job, right? Uh, yes, uh, basically, yes. Uh, if I'm uh, still uh, looking for the same job because it's a uh, skill labor related visa, if I'm still looking for the uh, same kind of work in the same industry, uh, it will be okay. So yeah. uh, I can still live here until basically, basically I can still live here until 2023. Okay, and then you want to prepare for that uh, potentially. Um, for that visa potentially not being renewed, you want to prepare by maybe investing in real estate and somehow getting a business manager visa. Is that about right? Yes, uh, this is what I'm. Uh, uh, what I have been uh, focused on, and um, I feel like even the vaccine has been uh, going into the in Japan and uh, everyone's starting to taking the vaccine but I feel like it will take a long time for the um, aviation to bounce back to a normal level uh, the pre-COVID period yeah. so I don't see a positive uh, outcome in the after my contract uh, after the period when my contract is done so and and also during this COVID situation, I feel like it's very important to to have a, a passive in income. And because uh, before the COVID nineteen, the pandemic, I feel like yeah, the, to work in this industry, it, it will guarantee a very good lifestyle. But once this kind of big event happens, and uh, you really need to think about how to make a passive income. That's uh, what. Uh, when 
I talk with my parents, and uh, they agree on uh, looking at something that you can work on, and at the same time, and um, to secure me a, a different visa to still uh, continue to live in Japan. Yeah, and it's not just your industry. I think a lot of industries have been suffering, and also, and the other thing is, it's a good time to invest also because, um, and at least in some cities, prices are a little bit softer now because of the pandemic. Yeah, and, and yes, and uh, yeah, as, uh, like I uh, listened to some of your uh, uh, previous clients, I uh, kind of agree with uh, this point of view that uh, now the e equity uh, markets and uh, as well as some other uh, type of uh, investment now is kind of unpredictable, but still... Uh, uh, People need a place to in, live, right? <laughs> right. People need a place to live, and it's real. Uh, yes. Estates is something real you can see, and uh, and uh, uh, as far as I know, uh, in uh, real estate in Japan, it's kind of like a cash flow uh, market that I I think now is a good time to invest on. And uh, what if I invest something? Uh, here in the real estate market and at the same time uh, secure my contract is kind of a win-win situation for uh, for my case. Yeah, well, as far as the visa, I mean, investment obviously we, we can talk and talk and talk about, but let, let's maybe first limit that to the visa-related issue. Um, okay. To get a business manager visa that's related to real estate, um, it's not impossible, but it is a bit complicated. So there are no visas that are directly to related to investment in real estate. So just the fact that you bought property and you're getting money uh, from rental income doesn't actually get you a visa of any sort in Japan. At least. So what you can do is you can set up a sort of asset management company and All then right. you buy properties under that company name. And then you manage these properties and the assets themselves um, as your company's business line sort of thing. So you need to, well, first of all, the minimum level to invest and get a business manager visa is you need to invest about 50,000 US in a business. But that's, that's not a huge criteria because any property you'd get would probably be very close to that amount. And then to renew it every year, you need to uh, show that you're generating at least 3 million yen in taxable income. All right. So if, for example, most people, when they buy a property, they want to carry the purchase costs forward as expenses. And then for the first three or five years, they're basically tax-free Okay. while they're claiming that. But you are not going to be able, if you're completely tax-free, meaning you don't have any taxable income, then you won't be able to renew your visa. So you need mm -hmm. to work with an immigration lawyer and an accountant to work out the best structure so that you are claiming the maximum that you can claim as deductions without actually harming your visa renewal prospects. I see. So as far as I know, so um, I actually, I uh, listened to... Uh, the episode you had a conversation with uh, Shimizu-san. So, uh, to my understanding, I think it's uh, I need to have a company and uh, with certain amount of budget to buy into a building. Right? It's not individual uh, 
units separately. That's correct, because you can't, I mean, asset management companies don't really manage uh, individual units. They need to manage an actual building for one thing. And the other thing is, if you want your annual income to reach that 3 million uh, yen taxable income level, that's not going to be just one or two units. You'd have to get at least six or eight or ten of them, which is usually, that usually translates into a small building. I see. So, and also, the so, other thing is that the company actually has to to, to satisfy the visa requirements. You can't just um, hire property managers or hire cleaners and that sort of thing. You need to actually employ people who are doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are various ways um, around that. You can hire people on a contract so that you don't actually have to um, pay them a full-time salary. Or but but you do have to have people on your staff roster who are actually doing the work. So just hiring third parties to do it for you, uh, that's not going to qualify you for a business manager visa. I see. Uh, does this company I set up uh, has to have a office uh, or just uh, on the contract? Yes, they have to have an actual office space, but it doesn't have to be a big or expensive office. So you can be renting, for example, a studio apartment for a... Uh, 20,000 yen or $200 a month, that'll that'll satisfy them. I see. But it I has see. to be in the uh, city or at least in the prefecture where your assets are. I see. So uh, in my case, if I buy anything in, uh, let's say, Fukuoka out, uh, or uh, Kobe, uh, Yokohama, out of, outside of uh, Osaka, my office has to be in Osaka, right? Because I, I live in Osaka. Nearby, within commutable distance. I see. Yeah. And I then uh, if you're looking at Osaka or Kobe, then the minimum, minimum, minimum you'd be paying for a studio rental is probably 40,000 yen a month, I think. I see. And Fukuoka yeah, can be like a that. bit cheaper than that. Um, mm-hmm. And you could also, I mean, if you've, um, if you've purchased a unit and you use that unit as your office, that's, of course, also an option. It doesn't have to be a rental. It can be a cheap unit that you've purchased and set up as your office officially. Uh, you mean the office that uh, inside of the building you, you purchase, right? Um, that one we'll have to check with Shimizu-san or another immigration lawyer. I'm not sure if it can be inside the building, but in any case, it cannot be leased out to anybody else. So whether it's in the building or outside the building, you can't get rental income from it. I see. And also, you need to um, take into account that there are company setup costs and company annual accounting costs. Um, and you'll have to pay the setup cost is somewhere between two to three thousand US, and then every year the accounting costs are also somewhere between two to four thousand US. Yeah. Um, so you really need to make sure that your income, um, obviously, it needs to be at least uh, thirty thousand for the visa, but also you want to maybe at least get forty, fifty thousand income a year. Otherwise, it's not worth paying that accounting uh, accounting fee. All right. So, uh, what I understand right now, so I need to have a building, the, the size or structure portfolio, it's big enough to uh, generate the income, uh, qualify f- uh, for the visa, at the same time, it's worth of an investment compared to the corporate cost, am I right? 
Yes, I mean, look, if you want to just pocket the bill for accounting fees, let's say you're making, uh, let's say the property makes the minimum, let's say 30,000 US uh, taxable income, yeah. uh, and you're paying 3,000 US for accounting fees, so, you know, that's 10% of your income that's going only for accounting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll keep the visa going, but um, it's not super cost efficient, right? Yeah, and it's... It, it's not basically the the passive income, so yeah. So yeah. So um, uh, I uh, yeah. That's uh, why I want to contact you, and uh, if possible, I would like to, before set it up. Uh, looking for the the apartment. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking for the building, and uh, thinking about the budget. I think it's important to talk to the lawyer to see uh, what kind of building is qualified and uh, and this, at the same time have a conversation with the account to see if this building uh, is generating the income is worth of the investment. Uh, yeah, I mean with the accountant the conversation is going to be more related to what exactly can we claim if we want to keep the income at a minimum? Because if you claim all of your purchase costs and carry them forward, then the first one or two or three years, you're not going to have any taxable income, right? And that's not going to enable you to renew the visa. So you'll be able to apply for it and you'll be able to get it. But after one year, if you don't justify the income minimum, you it's going to be cancelled. So it's more a case that comes into play after the first year, but then they'll be looking backwards at the year of income that you've had and seeing whether you uh, qualified or not. So, yes, you need to talk to the lawyer and you also need to talk to the accountant, but maybe a, a prequel to all of that is to think about your capital outlay. So are you going to be purchasing in cash? Are you going to apply for a loan? If you're applying for a loan... Um, as a non-resident, because usually they wouldn't consider a business visa to be a residency for investment loans. I see. So you need to make sure um, that the bank will actually, the lender will actually lend you money. And they tend to focus at the moment for non-residents, they tend to focus mainly on, uh, only on Tokyo. I see. Uh, but actually, you, you can probably inquire with them. Um, Star Bank, who are Taiwanese, or with Bank of China, um, you might have more options open to you um, that are not open to our Western clients, for example, because Bank of China will be a bit more flexible for you. Uh, do they have any specific requirement uh, due to my nationality? Or <laughs> uh, Well, they need you to be a Chinese or Hong Kong um, Citizen or resident? I'm not sure. Do, do, oh, you, see. do you hold any any of these residency? Uh, yes. 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 And, and and I can speak their language as well. So that's a big plus. I mean, yeah. So I yeah, would, so, uh, that would be the uh, first place that I would inquire with. I think. Um, okay. Are you related to Taiwan in any way? Uh, no. No. Okay. So no. maybe Bank of China first, and if for any reason you can't go with them, then. There's Shinsei Investment and Finance, who are a subsidiary of Shinsei Bank. Mm -hmm. And there's also a company called Mita Securities, which are based in Hong Kong and Tokyo. Yeah. 
And they will also uh, provide you with loans. But again, they focus on mainly the Tokyo area. It's not certain whether you'll be able to get Osaka properties using their loans. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, it could be, look, it could be that you're, the fact that you're on a, currently on a working visa might make them a bit more flexible. I'm not sure. So I can put you in touch with them and you can inquire as to what exactly they'll be able to provide you with. But I do think Bank of China would be the best place to start. Okay. So for the bank in Japan, it's... Um, Let's say for the fact that I live in Japan uh, with a uh, working visa and a Japanese bank account, uh, it it doesn't help quite a lot compared to the native Japanese, right? You're in a better situation compared to customers who are completely non-residents and actually aren't physically here. Um, mm -hmm. But you're not going to get the same terms that a Japanese uh, permanent resident or citizen gets now. Okay, and and. Uh, for the real uh, the investment uh, or the building I want to buy, there there are a lot of li limitation from the bank, right? Um, yes, they want it to be relatively central Tokyo, but I think as long as it's Tokyo, they're okay with it. They want it to be built uh, post nineteen eighty one, so it's up to the latest earthquake resistance standards. Okay. But I mean, that the, that criteria you'd probably want to go for anyway, even if you're buying cash. And um, I think from memory, uh, again, that might change a little bit because of your visa status. But if it was completely non-residents, they want you to only use the property for long-term residential leases. So you can't do Airbnb or commercial leases or anything of that sort. And they sometimes enforce that, at least Shinsei enforces that by uh, designating certain property managers that you can work with to keep an eye on you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that might change if you're a, actually a resident and holding a business visa. I'm not sure. So we'll need to check with them. Okay. So um, I am right now, as I uh, retrieve some of my investments, uh, I think, because uh, from uh, some of your previous uh, episode, well, about for 40 million yen uh, be enough uh, for the budget to buy a building, um, I mean, not in Tokyo, Osaka, or uh, maybe in Fukuoka, Kobe, or Yokohama. Will this budget uh, good enough to purchase by uh, cash? At the moment, yes. Once the COVID situation eases, it might go up again. But at the moment, yes, we have seen properties, um, especially in Yokohama and Kobe. In Fukuoka, prices haven't been affected that much, but you could still get something like that. But definitely in Yokohama and Kobe, we've seen some of those. Um, but then the bank will not finance that if it's not in Tokyo. Are you referring to a cash purchase? Yeah, I mean, if in this case, uh, I, I still would like to have more option on uh, uh, in choosing the properties. So in this case, I don't mind uh, using the cash if I can find a good deal on, under this budget. I prefer to use cash to uh, do the investment. Yeah, well, in that case, yes, we can definitely uh, find you a good property. Fukuoka might take a bit of searching. 
Yokohama would be the easiest to source because Yokohama is uh, basically a small central area and the rest is quite suburban. So as long as you're one or two stations away from the port, there are some buildings available at those prices. And we have seen a couple at least recently from Kobe as well. Fukuoka, the lowest I've seen so far was exactly 40 million, I think. So they do exist, but it'll take a bit more searching. I see. I see. So I think, because uh, I, uh, from some of your previous episode, and uh, I think for me, in my case right now, I uh, kind of prefer uh, buying the property uh, with cash because it will save uh, a lot more time and uh, have more uh, options on choosing the property. Yep. Understood. So that that's most of our customers. To be honest, we haven't had a single customer who's gone with a bank loan yet because they're very strict. I see. So that, that sounds like most of our customers. Yeah. And um, I have a question about, uh, since I'm, I'm going to set up a company for this visa thing, and and uh, I know that there's a startup visa, which is uh, qualified for only five or six places, and, and uh, Osaka, Kobe, and Fukuoka is one of them. Yep. Um, I'm not sure the startup visa includes something like asset management. I see. Um, it might. I'm not sure. Um, I think, did you want me to maybe put you in touch with uh, Shimizu-san? Because he's also from Fukuoka, so he probably knows a lot more about the startup uh, visa than I do. Yes, please. Yeah, uh, I, I, and, and of course, I mean, uh, later on, if I need to speak to some, uh, some of the accounts, uh, yeah. about the corporate thing, and uh, I also need uh, your reference. Yep, not a problem. I'll put you in touch with them, but I think maybe the best thing to do is maybe to connect with Shimizu-san first, so you'll know exactly what you need to uh, qualify for and what kind of business you need to set up. Mm-hmm. And then based on that, we can have a conversation with the accountants. So it's um, to have a basic idea about uh, how this is going to work for the visa thing and uh, and uh, to understand, um, how do I put it? So for, for my understanding this, I need to talk to the lawyer first, then the accounts, then after this, kind of thing are sorted out, then we can start looking at the property MRIs. Yes, that would be the best way to do it. I mean, we can start looking at properties anyway, but if uh, the, if we are looking at properties that might not qualify you for a visa, we haven't done much. So mm-hmm. maybe talk to the lawyer first, get an understanding of what kinds of properties and what kinds of companies would qualify for the visa and also for the visa renewals. And also you want to check with him uh, what kind of staff you actually need to employ because you will need to somehow um, have people on board in the company who are actually doing the asset management tasks. I see. And if everything that he explains seems feasible for you, then we'll know exactly what kind of properties we're looking at. Okay. All right. 
right. So once so. you're done, I'll send through an introductory email um, to Shimizu-san first, mm -hmm. and you um, just schedule a consultation. I think he's probably going to charge you one hour for the consultation. I think that was 5,000 yen or something like that. Oh, 5,000 yen. Yeah, okay. he's quite affordable. No and then um, once you have a better idea from him on exactly what we're looking for, then I'll put you in touch with the accountant and we'll start looking at properties as well. Great. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, a very clear step I can follow right now. Uh, Excellent. And uh, look, by the, time you, uh, by the time you purchase, maybe they will renew your contract so you can just look at whatever you want to buy regardless of visa. Right, and and uh, but uh, I I have a question about this thing, but, but I'm not sure. I, I think it's kind of uh, the lawyer related thing. Uh, once I have the visa, uh, and and let's say if my work, my contract got extended, uh, I don't need to keep this company. Uh, can I just cancel this visa or? Because uh, keeping the company, the corporate costs is uh, very high every year. You can cancel it, but then if you want to move the property to be under your name, uh, as opposed to under the company name, you'll just have to pay the registration cost again. But that's going to be much cheaper than those annual uh, upkeep costs, so it's worth it. All right, all right. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm thinking about. I want to build up a, a plan B. if. Right now, this plan is not working. So, but in case the plan A is still working, and uh, the plan B, just like you said, uh, the ice on the cake. Yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, have once you finish with the lawyer, have and have a chat to the accountant as well. The accountant should be able to tell you some advantages of actually owning property under a company name. So. You might find out, especially if you're planning to expand your portfolio beyond that first 40 million, uh, you might find that it's worth it from a tax perspective to keep the company going as well. So it, it's just another thing to look into. I mean, there, there are reasons that people set up companies beyond just visas, and it might be beneficial tax-wise. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's their area to help find the balance, like yeah. what to claim, what not, or keep it keeping the company or not. Yeah, and also right. company tax is capped, whereas individual tax keeps going up. So at a certain point, it is better to have it under a company name, depending on the, how big the portfolio is. Mm -hmm. I see. Crystal clear. Okay. So yeah, thank you. My pleasure. So I'll send through uh, the introductory email shortly, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, I'll uh, have talk with uh, uh, Shimizu-san first and uh, see if this plan works out and uh, and uh, we'll keep in contact later. Sounds good. Yeah, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Good speaking with you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. All right, so I hope you found some value in this chat. As mentioned, quite informative, I thought. Now, in this client's particular case, we've actually had a chat together with our sponsor, Shimizu-san, and it turns out that he's actually going to qualify or most likely going to qualify for a highly skilled professional visa. And that one takes far less resources and also will put him on the fast track uh, towards permanent residency, far better than the business manager visa can. So he'll probably end up going for that. And that would also enable him to simply invest in whatever he's uh, feeling more comfortable with, whatever's most profitable for him personally without having to tailor his investments to any visa requirements. But for those who don't qualify for this type of visa, 
everything we've discussed on the call is hopefully helpful and relevant. And speaking of sponsors, if you're in the market for high-grade photos of yourself, your company staff, or your family members, or you need someone to shoot photos, videos, or both at your personal or business events, be sure to get in touch with our other sponsor, Alex Watanabe of Snaps.talk. Alex provides excellent and super affordable photography and videography services, very good pricing in Tokyo, if that's where you are. You can check out his work on this episode's show notes. We'll link to his profile, his email address, and a gallery of photos that he's done for us at our last face-to-face business seminar back in 2019. So that's Alex Watanabe, and you can email him on snaps.talk, T-O-K, at gmail.com, or via his Instagram account, Tokyo Night Owl. That's what he's called there, and he'll sort you right out. And if you've got a business or project that you'd like to promote to English speakers who are either based in Japan or have some affiliation with Japan, which is pretty much all of our listeners, and and we're pleased to report there are a good few thousands of those listeners out there who religiously stream or download all of our podcast content, don't be shy to reach out to us and ask us about our sponsorship programs. They're a lot cheaper than you might think, and we'll get you in front of all of these people or rather into their ears whenever the next sponsorship space comes up. Okay, so that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Hope to have you with us again next time. And as always, we would really appreciate it if you could share this episode and the podcast itself with your own networks or leave us a rating or a review on the iTunes store. Share the love, let us and other people know what you think, and we will be eternally in your debt. Have a great day or night ahead. And until next time, Yoshiku. Yoshiku.